the United States ambassador to France, he occasionally attended the Infidels Club. It was a club that that met, and they delighted to profess their scorn and derision of the Bible. Well, Benjamin Franklin would at times show up, and on one occasion, Franklin, they would often just share readings that they'd had from books and and things, and on one occasion, Franklin read the book of Ruth to the club, but he changed the names so it would not be recognized as the book of Ruth or be recognized as a book from the Bible. When he was finished reading, they were unanimous in their praise. They said it was one of the most beautiful short stories that they had ever heard, and they demanded him to tell them where he ran across this incredible literary masterpiece. It was his great delight to tell them that it was from the Bible when they professed their scorn and derision for this book, and which they felt there was nothing good in it. I find it interesting, Benjamin Franklin pursuing and showing up and, and doing that. But the book of Ruth is one of the most fascinating and important short stories, although it's not a story in the sense of just a make-believe story, but it is it is an incredible for you literary um, geniuses or those that have a, a bent toward that. It is a piece of literature they tell us, they tell us because I can't tell you this, they, my wife laughs the loudest right there. We have this ongoing thing. She loves literature. And I'm not too big on Milton and Shakespeare and all of those things. And, and, um, but I thank God there's people that wrote those things and, and people that love them. But people that know literature say this is one of the most perfect pieces of literature. The German poet Goff that has ever been written. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And oftentimes, we just look at the book of Ruth and, ah, oh, it's a story. And, and we don't see, one, the literary genius of it. We don't see the implications of the book of Ruth. And Hopefully, during this week that you'll see some of that, and we're going to touch on some of those things, uh, Lord willing, this morning. Someone broke down the book in this sense. Chapter 1 is Ruth deciding. Chapter 2 is Ruth serving. Chapter 3 is Ruth resting. And chapter 4 is Ruth rewarded. Now, that's, that's just kind of a brief outline of the chapters. You, 
you recall the account. Elimelech and his wife Naomi, Israelites, there was a famine in the land. This took place during the book of Judges. So last week, in one of the cycles where it was a, a low period, a cycle of being in bondage, there was a famine in the land, and Naomi's husband said, I heard they have food in, in Moab. We're going to go there. And so he took his family there. They had two sons. In Moab, the two sons took to them wives, Moabites, which, again, that isn't what was commanded of the Israelites to do, but they took two wives of the Moabites. One was Orpah and one was Ruth. While there, Naomi's husband dies. Ten years later, her two sons die. Now, it's easy for us to read these things and, and just to read it and go on. But think about this. Here's a woman. She said, I went out from Israel full and I came back empty. She lost her husband and she lost her two sons. So... Just think of all the grief that was on her heart. She then hears that Israel is now having plenty. The famine is over. And she says, I'm going to go back to Israel. And she says to her two daughter-in-laws, you stay here. The Israeli custom was that if there was a family member, if a, if a man dies and he has not had children, a family member or a relative is then to take his place and to bring forth children. So, Naomi says, I am of the age, I am not going to have children that would be able to produce children with you, you two go back to your, you stay here in Moab. I am going to Israel. Don't you come with me. And Orpah said, okay. And Ruth said, no, wherever you go, I am going. Wherever you die, I am dying and and thinking about the ramifications of that she was leaving what she knew her land going to a land she didn't speak the language it was all new customs she had no guarantee it's it's with naomi at this time in this culture it was very difficult for a woman to survive and Ruth said, no, I'm going with you. 
And she did in a great, great step of faith. They go back to Israel, and long story short, Naomi had either forgotten or didn't know that there was a relative that could fulfill the responsibilities to Ruth as far as raising up and um, buying back the land and raising up seed for Naomi and for Ruth. His name was Boaz. Through an interesting set of events that I'm not going to go into this morning, Boaz ends up buying back the land that Elimelech, Naomi's husband, had forfeited, and it was in the process of the legal system that provisions were made that a relative next of kin could buy it back. And also with it then took the responsibility of Ruth that he would take her, a much younger woman than his age, and take her as his wife and bear responsibilities to her as a husband. In this picture, Boaz is a picture, and we're just doing the 30,000-foot aspect here. Boaz, as you read through this, Boaz is a picture of Jesus Christ. Ruth is a picture of we Gentile peoples, foreigners, not Israelis, not of the tribe of of Abraham and Isaac and Joseph. We were foreigners. And Boaz, as Boaz redeemed and bought back Ruth and fulfilled responsibilities to her as a husband, so Jesus Christ provided the price to buy us back and someday we will be united with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And as believers, we are the bride of Christ. As you read through the book of Ruth, and if you've already read through it, I'd, I'd encourage you to read through it at least a couple more times before Wednesday night. But one time, just read through it with those glasses on. This is about a redeemer. This is a picture. This is a type. That's why I'm not very good in literature. I remember studying literature in school, and they'd say, Now see, did you see this and this? I didn't see squat in it. I just I just read it literally as it was, and I didn't see these analogies, and I didn't see these types that were there. But God uses types, and this was a type of God's picturing Jesus Christ buying us as foreigners in sin, buying us back and bringing us to a relationship with God. The book of Ruth 
the the redemption, the buying us back is one of the main accounts of, of the book. Twenty-three times the Hebrew word that is used for redemption is used in this book. But it is also a story of Naomi's transformation from despair to happiness, to joy, through the selfless, God-blessed acts of Ruth and Boaz. She moved from full, Naomi did, to empty and back to full. It is a testimony of the providence of God. It is a testimony of God working in ways far beyond what Naomi or Ruth or Boaz could ever imagine because it involves the fact that Ruth was a vital line in the genealogy of David. The last, the last verses of the book of Ruth, it gives the genealogy. And Boaz and Ruth begat Ebed, Obed, and he begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. David's grandfather was the son of Ruth and Boaz. Now, there's many things that you look at this book that would cause our heart to rejoice. Number one is in the providence of God. The providence of God is God taking natural events and using them to bring supernatural outcomes. There were many, many natural events. It wasn't just a coincidence. It was a providence of God that Naomi came back to Israel at the time of harvest. It was a natural event. It was the time of harvest. But God led her back there at the time of harvest. It was a natural event that those harvesting the crops would leave some of the crops in the field for poor people to go and and go into the field and, and harvest them. It was called gleaning. That was a part of the way that they took care of poor people. So it was very natural, a natural thing that Ruth would go out. They came back empty. Naomi said when, when people saw, aren't you Naomi? She said, don't you call me Naomi? My name now is Mara, bitterness. And, and she said in, in Ruth chapter 1, she said, The Lord's hand has been against me. God is against me. That was her frame of mind. And even in spite of that, God used natural events to bring about supernatural results. You know, it's vitally important in our lives that we submit all of our life the good and the bad, 
to God to use for his glory. And we may think this is so bad that God could never use it for his glory. I mean, people, commentators debate, should Naomi and her husband ever left Israel? It was in the providence of God that they left Israel. And they could look at it and say, God brought judgment. My husband died because we went to Moab. And my sons married Moabites. And God struck them down. And they died because of that. And I am empty. And God is against me. But God is able to make all things work together for good. And you may be sitting here today and you may say, there are things that have happened in my life that I wish I could go back and erase them. And I bet there are many things in Naomi's life that she wishes she could go back and erase. And yet she was willing to submit it to God. And in the providence of God, he takes natural events and he brings supernatural results. God is still the same and God is willing to work in your life to take natural events and unbeknownst to us and he doesn't chart it out. He didn't give to Naomi. I'm going to take you here. This is what's going to happen. But hang on. I'm going to produce the grandfather of David. I'm going to... Be... No, she had no clue that was going to happen. We know the rest of the story. And you don't know the rest of the story with your life. And before you just give up and pitch it and say there is no hope... And God is just against me. And if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck. And you may be there in your life. But submit your life, good and bad and ugly and everything in between, and say, God, I am trusting your providence. You can't read the book of Ruth. And again, we're just skipping over, but you can't read it without noticing the providence of God. Secondly, you will notice God's love. I mean, the reality that God provided a kinsman redeemer, a a near of kin. Why did Jesus Christ have to become a man to be the kinsman redeemer? He was one of us. And the love of God, the love that Boaz showed for Ruth is is an astounding love. And it's just a, a small image of the love that God has for us. The reality of of seeing this love. When, when Ruth left her homeland, she had given up her life to, I will be single the rest of my life. I am serving my mother-in-law, and my life is going down a dead-end road, in essence, humanly speaking. 
But what motivated her was, your God will be my God. And and the reality is, she then saw the love of God poured out upon her in ways that she could never imagine. Thirdly, we rejoice in God's deliverance. I mean, these are another one of the videos that that you're going to want to watch when you get to heaven. But Naomi, I mean, talk about, and, and I don't blame her, talk about a bad outlook on life. All that she'd been through, God's hand is against me. And then God starts doling out some blessings. Boaz is favorable to Ruth and and gives, tells him, leave a lot of gleanings for her. And he piles in her, her basket, so to speak. And she comes home and Naomi says, where did you glean today? Boaz's field. You, there was a ray of light. In Naomi's life. You you make sure you don't mess this up. You make sure you go to Boaz's field and, and don't let any... I mean, there was a ray of light that came. And then to see it develop, the story develop, and, and to see how God had delivered Naomi, I mean... The joy that she had that this girl, and Naomi probably thought, I'm ruining this girl's life. Why should she come after me? And to see that this girl, Ruth, had a Redeemer that that promised and that loved her. And Naomi, to see Ruth give birth to a son... And to see Naomi to be able to hold that son. She said, I went out full and I've come back empty. But God delivered her from emptiness. And to know this girl that was dependent on me, Naomi thinking. She is going to be well provided for. I mean, you think of the deliverance that is there. I thought as we sang the song this morning, Be Still My Soul, I, I've alluded to it before, but I, I enjoy reading um, letters to my younger self that athletes will write. And I thought, Be Still My Soul would be a letter that Naomi could write to her younger self. Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. To write to herself when she was in Moab, when she'd lost her husband and lost her two sons, bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend, through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. 
I mean, think of these words in your own life. Be still, my soul, verse 2, thy God doth undertake to guide the future as he has the past. I mean, think of it in your own life. Think of it in Naomi's life. Thy hope, thy confidence, nothing shake. Now all mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul, the waves and winds still know his voice who ruled them while he dwelt below. And we already looked at verse 3. But Naomi would say, she ended up full. She ended up not because of her, but it was in deliverance of God. It was to the glory of God. Now let me just quickly mention some major lessons from the book of Ruth. Number one, even in the darkest times, God is at work in his people. And you may be going through a period of darkness. You may say a period of darkness. I have been in darkness all my life. And even as a believer, you may say it it seems that way. Even in the darkest times, God is at work in his people. God was at work. He knew what he was doing in Naomi's life, in Ruth's life, in Boaz's life, leading to David's life. I mean, think of it, how God works. Secondly, God uses people who trust him. It isn't God uses smart people. God uses educated people. God uses people of notoriety. God uses people of wealth. God uses people who trust him. Ruth trusted in the God of Naomi. God blesses people who trust him and commit themselves to him. Trust is manifested in our commitment, in our obedience. And understand, fourthly, circumstances do not make or break a believer. Faith does. It's not circumstances that make or break a believer. It is faith. Boaz was a wealthy man who lived in a spiritually apostate, morally corrupt environment. I mean, this was the book of Judges in the judgments that were coming. Nevertheless, Boaz rose above this moral degradation of the society that he was in, and he overcame his temptations by faith in God. Ruth was a poor, vulnerable, Moabite woman, extremely vulnerable in her condition. Yet she overcame her circumstances by faith as well. See, it's, it's not the circumstances that you've experienced in your life. It's your relationship to God. 
We live in a society that wants to make us all victims. And, well, if you'd been through this, if anyone should have been a victim, it would be Naomi or Ruth. But it's their faith in God that delivered them. It's not our circumstances that determine the outcome. That's why it's so important, our faith, that we be building our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God in direct proportion to our our time in the Word. How do you walk by faith? By claiming the promises of God, by reading and knowing God and resting in His character. It's committing yourself to God. In obedience, God, I don't understand this, but if this is what you want, I'm willing to do it. See, some of, uh, to each of you committing a faith promise commitment, it's a matter of, boy, I don't, it may be a matter of, I don't know about doing this. But God, I'm going to obey what you're asking me to do. And then God is the one who delivers. You know, you can summarize the book of Ruth by saying God works his own purposes through human instruments. And are we willing to submit and let him be the one who uses us? Are we willing to be an instrument in God's hand? Orpah said, I'd rather not. I'm going to stay here with the Moabites. Ruth said, I'm going to follow the God of Naomi. I don't know what it is, the circumstances in all of your life, but don't let your circumstances define you. Let your faith define you. Let your God define you. Let your hunger and thirst for the Word of God define you. And if you're here today and you've never responded to the redeeming love of Jesus Christ, let that define you. But you are not the product of your circumstances. And in other words, God never intended you to be the product of your circumstances. He intended us to rise above and to show his power through working in our lives. And we ought to take away from the book of Ruth, rejoicing in God's providence. God, I don't know why you put all this here, but I'm trusting you that you're going to make it work together for good. God, I am rejoicing in your love, and I am rejoicing in your deliverance. Heavenly Father, I pray that the truths of the book of Ruth would penetrate deeply into our hearts and would produce a greater love for you, a greater faith in your character and your word, and a greater glorifying of your name. Lord, you know exactly the circumstances that individuals may be facing today. And maybe they're here today and saying, God's hand is against me. 
Lord, I pray today that they would submit the good and the bad and everything in between to you. And obey your spirit's leading and see deliverance as only you can deliver. Lord, may there be great rejoicing as we still our soul and know that you are God. We look only to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.